الحمد للہ الحمد للہ Life is something that is very fleeting, very short and every day we hear of somebody passing away, somebody who was healthy, who was fit and sometimes somebody who, is, who was sick, somebody who was rich somebody who was poor, somebody who was very educated, or someone who was totally uneducated, anyone and everyone, the time comes, one has to go. There is no choice in the matter, there is no uh, way the person can negotiate the delay of his appointed time, the time has come, and he will have to move on. So in this regard, this short time that we have in life, this is the time that we have to make. This is the life that we have to make. And to the extent that we will make an effort, we will make this life. What does it mean by making this life? The one option is we make this life where that this worldly life also becomes a place of tranquility, of peace, of sukun, and the everlasting life of the hereafter, that becomes perpetual happiness, everlasting happiness, everlasting joy and pleasure beyond what we can ever imagine. So, this is what it means to make the life. Now many try to make this life by chasing after pleasures and leisures and desires. In the process what they do is they break their lives. The tragic thing is they break it in this dunya also and they break the everlasting life of the hereafter as well. Because they didn't know how to go about the process of making their lives. Or if they knew they refuse to follow the direction and the guidance. Somebody wants to cook a pot of food, so there is a procedure. Now, you have a recipe of something that turns out to be very, very delicious. Mouth watering and appetizing and everything that you can, all the kinds of praise that you can give to that meal when it is cooked and ready, that how wonderful and excellent it is, and it is very nutritious also, and everything that is normally desired of a very good meal, everything is in this. But is it possible 
to present that meal, to present that dish with that aroma and flavor and with that taste and with it being nutritious and it with having all those qualities that are desired of it, is it possible to acquire that end result by not following the correct procedure? Is it possible to acquire that end result with no effort involved in it? That just throw anything, everything into it, something that needs to come in at the end, just put it beforehand, what difference it makes? Something that needs to be washed out thoroughly, don't wash it, let it just go into the pot, what does it matter? Something that needs to be now, you need to stand at that stove and keep stirring it for a period of time, for some duration. So, say, what's the need for all this time and in front of this heat and in front of the stove, I must now undertake all this. You just let it pass. Just haphazardly do it. And now, the uh, procedure requires that it must be cooked on a very low heat. must be cooked on maybe on the two, two heat. See, but now that if I put the stove on at two, it will take so many hours extra, I'd rather just put it on full, on nine. What's the slow heat story? And so much extra time and effort. So anybody knows what is going to be the end result of that dish that is going to be prepared in this manner. That neither is the person prepared to take the extra effort prepared to put in that extra effort in it, go the extra mile to make sure it's all done well. The things that need to be washed are washed thoroughly. For example, if it is meat, now they'll wash it and wash it till every last drop of that blood is out of it. So now they won't just throw it into the pot like that. And then something that needs to be put in first, that will be put in first. For example, now that meat needs to be now mixed with all those spices so somebody says, well, throw the spices at the end of the top now. What difference it makes? So it makes a world of difference. But the point is that a person who wants to prepare that meal correctly, present it well, and then get the accolade and the praises after that. Mashallah, what a wonderful meal you cooked. So then they take the extra effort. And then they want to eat something that is cooked well, something that is delicious, so they put in all this extra effort and over and above all the extra effort, then there's still some additional steps that are taken after having done all this and taken the time, taken that effort, followed the procedure, taken the direction and guidance, something they're not 100% about because they're cooking this for the first time, this particular dish, then they'll phone somebody that you cooked this last time, how you went about it, what, at this point, what was, what's to be done or how much of this particular ingredients? Now, after all that is done, then over and above that, there is even some more steps taken to present it in an appealing manner, to present it in a way that is appetizing. So now there will be some additional things around it and it will be presented in a way that now anybody who is going to eat it will feel very happy to eat it. So all after all this effort has been taken, after all the time that has been put in, and after following the procedure and guidance, what's the end result? That when you eat it yourself, you feel very satisfied. You enjoy every morsel. You enjoy every bit of it. You feel very satisfied. You fed it to others. They also were very happy with it. They were satisfied. And then they are now showering the praises upon you.
So that makes you feel very comfortable, very nice. But did all that come without the effort? Did it come without giving in the time that is necessary? Did it come without following the direction and guidance? No. Because the effort was put in, because the time was put in, because the correct procedures were followed, so now came the correct end result. Very satisfying end result. Enjoyable to everybody's taste buds. Everybody is now happy to eat it. Person puts it in his mouth and he can feel the whole, his whole heart becoming immersed in that taste of that morsel that he has put into his mouth. So he is relishing every bit of it. And now that he is relishing every bit of it, he has forgotten all his worries and sorrows and grief and tensions and anxieties because he is so immersed in this enjoyable dish that he is eating. So the same issue is what we have to now consider and apply to our day-to-day life that we want to make this life so Allah Ta'ala has given us a procedure of how to make this life. Making this life is that this life will then be a place of peace. This life will be a life of happiness. It will be a life of tranquility. With or without the material possessions of this world. With or without it. However Allah Ta'ala wills. With it also and without it also. Because this happiness is in the heart. But one will have to make the effort. It is impossible to achieve anything in dunya without putting the appropriate effort. This is the system of Allah Ta'ala. Something apart from the principle that is not the norm. Allah Ta'ala's qudrat, He can do anything for anybody. But the system Allah Ta'ala has placed, you make an effort, it will get done. So if the small little things of dunya cannot be acquired without an effort, then how will something which is the real essence of everything in dunya, that a person is aspiring for that happiness, for that peace, for that serenity, for that tranquility, how will that come without an effort? How will that come without following the proper procedures? Without following the guidance that is given? So Allah Ta'ala has given the guidance, Allah Ta'ala has given the procedure. Whosoever does righteous actions, whether male or female, whoever does righteous actions together with Iman, Allah Ta'ala says we will give them a good life, hayatan tayyiba, a very good life. Now the one aspect of a'mal saliha, there's two conditions here, one is Iman, the other is a'mal saliha. Iman must be right, there must be the sifat of Iman. The qualities of Iman. Also part of Sifat is part of Amal as well. The Amal Saliha includes all these Sifat as well. For example, together with Iman, a person has Taqwa. So Taqwa is a quality, but this Taqwa then, it goes through every Amal. That every action is done with the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala and the fear of Allah Ta'ala. And the fear of Allah Ta'ala is the fear of displeasing Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is our sustainer, our nourisher. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with everything. Allah Ta'ala has granted us every single thing in dunya. And we are totally dependent on Him every split second, every moment, every fraction of a moment. We are totally dependent on Him for 
our survival. So when Allah Ta'ala has done all this for us, then His love should be uppermost in our hearts. And when somebody loves Allah Ta'ala, he will fear displeasing Allah Ta'ala. Person fears the displeasure of the beloved. When Allah Ta'ala is the most beloved, then the fear would be the fear of my beloved Allah must not become displeased with me. Now, if that becomes the guiding light in a person's life, then he will stay away from everything that will displease Allah Ta'ala. He doesn't want to displease Allah Ta'ala, so everything that Allah Ta'ala is not happy with, he will give up. Person will not indulge in things that are haram, will not look at the wrong things, will not indulge in ghibad, will not listen to music, will not be chatting on the haram lines, and all the other things that go along, Allah Ta'ala forbid, person will control one's heart as well, that my heart also must be filled with the love of Allah Ta'ala, must be filled with the right thoughts. One will deal with the servants of Allah Ta'ala correctly also, because Allah Ta'ala dislikes that a person does not deal correctly with his servants. So all these things will be, uh, will fall into place when a person is concerned that my Allah must be happy with me. I must not displease my Allah. He's afraid of that. That I must not displease Allah Ta'ala. And when he does that, then Allah Ta'ala gives him happiness. When a person keeps Allah Ta'ala happy, in the Quran Allah Ta'ala says, In tansurullaha yansurukum. You help Allah Ta'ala, meaning help the deen of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will help you. Now this is the system, this is the tartib, this is the sequence. We do what is our responsibility, Allah Ta'ala will fulfill what we want. There are certain things which are our duties, there are certain things we want. We do what is our duty to deen, to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will do for us what we want. And the sum total of all the things we want is happiness, is peace, is tranquility. The sum total of everything. Somebody is doing halal, some entertainment, halal entertainment too, but he wants something out of that. And Allah forbid somebody is doing something haram also, he also wants something out of it. At the end of the day, he wants this happiness, he wants this peace. Supposing somebody tells you, Allah forbid, this to see any movie is haram, completely haram. If somebody tells you that there is this movie that has come out. And uh, now, person hears the word movie, so now, somebody who is caught up in these kind of things, already his heart is now being dragged in that direction. He sees now it's a top movie. What's so top about it? Says when you, after you've watched this movie, your hair will be standing on end, and according to the statistics that were done, 100% of the people who watched this movie, they were traumatized for several months thereafter, and they became emotional wrecks, and uh, they lost their appetite, they couldn't eat, they couldn't sleep now, because they were having terrible nightmares the whole night, and they were tra- traumatized for months. So now somebody gives you all the statistics up front, or they want to watch a movie. A movie, in your mind already, those, Allah forbid, if somebody is caught up in these things, is already now wanting to now get into it. So now here's a movie also, but now somebody gave you all these issues with that movie. 
person says, you pay me to watch it also, I don't watch it. What must I watch something for, which is going to traumatize me, it's going to make me lose my sleep, make me lose my appetite, it's going to make me become a nervous wreck. So even if you pay me to do something like that, I'm not going to do it. Why? So why do you watch movies then? It's not because I like to get entertained. Now the thing is, that what this movie the person is saying will traumatize you, will cause all these problems for you, that is exactly what happens from all these other things also. Just that, here it is glaring. A person is saying it up front. There it is not glaring. It is all this trauma and all these problems and whatever else comes with it, it's all just wrapped in a very shiny paper. The packaging is very, very appealing. But behind the packaging is all the problems. So now the person watched that whole movie, he thought he got very thrilled. But there were so many things that now sat in his heart and mind from there, which are going to traumatize him, but he won't even pick it up and won't be able to even relate it to where it came from. That is the tragedy that a person now, what is the same fire, he cannot recognize the fire. That is a tragedy. Because it has been covered up with a deceptive covering. So now, the burning embers that are in there, he is looking at it as if it's something very, very pleasurable, something that's very, very appealing, something that's going to give him a great amount of joy. But this is actually sweet poison. It is sweet poison on the tongue, it will taste sweet, but as soon as it gets to the stomach, it will cause some other major disaster. So what is necessary? What is necessary is that a person finds out, takes the right guidance, that what is going to give me a good life? So Allah Ta'ala is saying that the one who together with Iman and righteous actions, Allah Ta'ala will bless them with a good life. The person says, but now I have to do something else and I feel down and I feel sometimes lonely. So I need to entertain myself. So now if somebody tells you, well, okay, you want to entertain yourself, there's this movie, it's going to traumatize you for the six months, you're going to lose your sleep, lose your appetite, you're going to become a nervous wreck. You want to entertain yourself, this is very entertaining. So look at this, you say, look, if I'm lonely also, if I'm feeling down also, but this is going to be jumping from the frying pan into the fire. So I'd rather just be lonely for a while then. I'd rather just be feeling little down for a while than jumping into the fire. Now that's exactly what happens, but it's a slow fire that we put ourselves into from all these things. It becomes an addiction. It becomes a problem in so many ways. There are so many people who behave in a very terrible manner. Allah forbid, some got married and their conduct was terrible. The in-laws became completely frustrated. The husband became frustrated. Shouting and screaming for every single thing. And blowing tantrums for everything. And becoming very, very demanding for everything. And no way of conducting themselves with people around them. So now when few cases were brought up, then there was some kind of uh, background that was delved into. So what emerged was 
that this person was addicted to novels or this person was addicted to movies and this person was addicted to some other chatting and so on. Now these novels, there were all kinds of novels that were read over time. Thick, thick novels, 200 pages and 300 pages, one one night. And obviously that novel is what? To start off with, it is fiction. It's all lies. Number two, they have to make it thrilling for a person to buy it. So now to thrill, they have to thrill even more. As it is a thrill, you call a person a thriller, he's just a big thriller, a liar. So now they have to thrill even more. Then, because of the way the society is going, if that novel doesn't have a lot of description of vice in it, then that is not, not good enough. And together with that, if it is not immoral, if there isn't some filth in it, then that without that filth, it's not going to be bought. So now, number one is a lie. Number two is filled with vice. Description of vice and how the person who got into all the vice seemed to be enjoying himself. And then all the moral, the immoral filth. Now one novel, second novel, third novel, and now this is becoming part of the system of this person. And now this is all make-believe, it's all lies. So often in this lie, the person who was doing all the wrong things seems to be the one that's coming out tops. Seems to be really enjoying life. It's all lies. So in that lie world, this is how it will, they'll present it. Now all that's set in the subconscious of the person reading it. Nobody says that I'm going to start behaving like this. Nobody says I'm going to do the things this person I'm reading about in a novel. Whatever he does, I want to do it. Nobody says that. But it starts sitting in the subconscious. And now when a person has to live real life, that subconscious starts taking control. And it starts controlling the person that you behave in this manner now. You do this. And you ask for this. And you demand for this. And you don't get it, then you scream like this. And you throw a tantrum like this. And now that life has become one of that system. And to undo this thing is a major problem. It's a major task. Because this happened over time. Repeatedly, the effect was coming in and it was getting more and more deeper and deeper and deeper. Now, when the time comes to now, when a person comes to some realization that this is not the way to go about things. But now that problem has gone so deep, to undo it requires double or triple or ten times effort. So the issue is where it started off from. It started off at the time when a person thought, now I need to make a life for myself. You know how nowadays in the people say, you know, have a life. In a crude way, they say, have a life. You know, those go and enjoy yourself. Don't, what are you wasting time now? So in this have a life, make a life, meaning in the negative sense, in the western sense, go and have fun. Do anything. What are you worried about? Don't worry now. Aren't you becoming like a big buzrug now? Now is the time to have fun. But this fun, this fun in inverted commas, what is it putting in the heart and mind? What kind of system it is creating within oneself? 
what kind of mindset it is developing. Now the person's life can only be so-called peaceful like the drug. That there has to be some artificial thing that gives the person a high. Now that artificial, somebody will take a drug, everybody will look down upon that person and indeed it's a terrible thing. But we all, Allah forbid, get involved in some kind of drugs of a different nature. For somebody that movies become a drug, for somebody's music becomes a drug, for somebody's somebody novels become a drug, for somebody's some entertainment or the other, that phone becomes a drug, those that chatting on the social media becomes a drug, person can't do without it. Sometimes we advise a person that look, when you walk in the home, you take your phone and put it aside. And you're telling that, advising the, his wife, that when your husband walks into the house, that phone must be away. After a few days, both can't abide by the advice. How long you stayed away from the phone, that it must be away. At least three hours you don't touch it. See, now well, about 10 minutes later, I just couldn't help it now. I had to start looking again what messages came. And the other one had some messages to reply to and what not. Somebody has done some, well, Allah forbid, this is in Western society. Allah Ta'ala protect us and safeguard us. They gave some, in the light of what has been the case in the past, meaning cases that counselors and social workers and mm, in courts and whatever else, in the light of now, the discussions and the interviews they've held obviously in western society they now made some prediction what prediction by the year 20,000 and uh, 2000 by the year 2025 I think that was what it was by the year 2025 75% or 80% of divorces would have been primarily due to the phone in whichever way misuse of the phone Involving oneself in illicit link-ups to the phone, talking to other people now that man is talking to other woman and that woman is talking to other men. So now that breaks their own marriage. Or they, the husband doesn't have any time for his wife because he's so caught up on that phone. Or that wife doesn't have any time for the husband or to do any work in the house or to do anything because she's so caught up on the phone. In other words, the phone would become the primary reason for that marriage to break up and the prediction is by the year 20,000 and by the year 2025 2025 75, 80% of marriages would be breaking because of this. Now can we imagine where this leads to? Can we imagine where this leads to? One person said that he saw some pictures in one article Oh, all his photographs are all haram but in any case this is what he just mentioned this is what he saw that somebody was doing this kind of article so they photographed whole lot of different scenes one was in an, some, some uh, restaurant or something uh, everybody is eating in the restaurant that, that is not something that we should be anywhere near these places where all intermingling is taking place but in any case this whole mixed up place now there is supposed to be a, an outing for that family. Everybody was sitting with their food and busy with their phone. So that was one picture. Then there was another picture of a honeymoon couple. So one was looking on the one side of that car, busy with the phone. 
the other one was looking at the other side. Now the car has got just newly made. These were all real pictures. It wasn't posed. The pic- take, picture taking is haram. But now this couple just got married. All Western society, this couple just got married. Now is this married? And they're still all in their, their wedding outfits. The newly married groom now. And he's looking in one direction because he's too busy answering something or sending some message on his phone. And that bride who just got married is too busy with her phone. So can we already imagine that on that first day of their marriage, they are so busy on their phones, what is going to happen one day later, and one week later, and one month later, they are going to be living their own lives with their own phones, if there is still a life left, if there is still a marriage left. So now outwardly these things seem to give us some kind of temporary uh, relief or some kind of temporary company or some joy or some pleasure or some thrill. But what is it doing? Where is it taking a person to? When one has, and everybody has to live life. Life is not just some fantasy world. There's a reality. So now you're going to have to come to reality after that one hour, two hours, five hours, ten hours, how long? After that one day of holiday, two days of holiday, one week, one month, life is not perpetually a holiday. Person has to come back to reality. So when a person comes to reality, then what? How is that life going to be lived then? So then, now everything goes haywire. Everything collapses. Why? Because we didn't want to follow the procedure. We didn't want to give the time to do things in the right way. We wanted to do what we wanted to do. Not how we have been instructed by Allah Ta'ala to live our life. So as a result, that فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا The promise of a good life, we can't achieve that. What becomes our life is the opposite then, a misery. So, what we have to be doing is focusing on how to make that life a life. And how does that life become a life? It becomes a life when we follow the instructions that Allah Ta'ala has given, we follow the way of life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then this world of dunya, in that effort, in that effort, a person gets that kind of joy and happiness that a person cannot experience in anything else. Just to share one incident, the past two days was the Ishtima in Stanga, one of the uh, people, well the guest who had been present was a sheikh from France, originally a Tunisian sheikh Yunus Arab, but lived from his childhood days, his family had moved over to France, so he grew up there now he's living in a country that is completely westernized and obviously the people there are also completely westernized now he gave an incident that there was one woman in complete niqab completely dressed Islamically in complete niqab so now she had out of necessity gone to buy something at a some shop or whatever and uh, she came to the cashier and when she came to the cashier the cashier was some Arab girl who was living in France also from a long time so she was employed here as a cashier and now she was there, number one, working there in that kind of environment and dressed just like the rest of the French people dress 
You can't no sign of any Islam on her. And uh, whatever else. So she had come from some other Arab land somewhere 10, 15 years ago. Allah knows best how long. And she had come to this place. And now she became completely transformed and westernized. And now she sees this woman coming to uh, pay for the things that she had bought. Behind this woman in niqab was another woman from Portugal, a Portuguese woman also living in France, originally from Portugal. And she was just a non-Muslim woman. She is behind her. As this woman in niqab came to pay, so this Arab girl who is the cashier, she became very abrupt and rude with her, with this lady in niqab. And she's asking her, what, what on earth is this? And you are an embarrassment. Imagine this Arab girl is saying to this woman in niqab, you are an embarrassment here. Don't you know where you are living? You are living here in France. Why don't you go back to your own place where you came from? Now she assumed that it was probably somebody from Pakistan or somebody from whoever else, whichever country, Arab country or something. And she saying that you are an embarrassment here. Why don't you go back to whichever country you came from? So, this woman in niqab, now this Portuguese woman is behind her. This woman in niqab, she looked left, right, she looked around, she saw no men around. There was not one man in that whole store at that time. So, when she saw nobody around, so she lifted her niqab and she revealed herself to this cashier very calmly she revealed herself to the cashier and she revealed herself to show herself that she is an original French born woman she was a new Muslim she was born French she was born in France in a French family and she grew up and she had accepted Islam later but she had accepted Islam wholeheartedly and completely so she now put on this entire Islamic dressing as a choice not something as a burden because she loved what it gave her so now when she lifted her niqab and she looked at this Arab girl and she very calmly asked her who is an embarrassment and who should go back to their homeland because she is born in France she is, she is a French person this Arab girl had come from somewhere else so she asked her who should actually go back home very calmly who should actually go back home? And this woman in from this Portuguese woman behind is observing this whole drama that is taking place. And very calmly she said, Who is really an embarrassment? Am I embarrassing my Nabi Sallallahu or you? Am I an embarrassment to our pious predecessors or you? Am I an embarrassment to my deen or you? And who should really go back home? She said this she put her niqab down she took whatever her goods were and she walked out now this Portuguese woman who was standing behind and observed this whole drama she's a non-Muslim she is dressed just like this Arab girl is dressed completely in shameless dressing whatever else and here was this woman dressed from head covered from head to toe with this complete niqab eyes everything covered she observed this whole scene and she also bought whatever she wanted and quietly went away but she went away, she went home and there was some relative of hers 
who had recently be, or sometime prior to that had become Muslim she contacted the relative and she said look please I am very interested in this tell me what way can I get the information and details I want to become like that woman who was in front of me in that supermarket eventually she also became Muslim and they somehow made contact and who the person was because now this is a small group of people growing group but small comparatively who are in this kind of uh, garments and dressing and so on but this woman's steadfastness and she was so happy for the life she had taken she had already tasted the filth and the misery that it gave her and she had wholeheartedly taken on this life where she now was not just uh, out of because now she went to study in some madrasa now she had to wear the niqab or because of some parent pressure no of her own choice she accept she wanted this and when somebody was giving her some negativity she showed them how positive about it she is she didn't get affected in any way she didn't feel embarrassed in any way she was positive and she was uh, an example to go by that she in a very positive way said that I am not embarrassment embarrassment is shamelessness adopting something that has haya and modesty is not something to be embarrassed about that is something to be happy about now her steadfastness became the means of deen and iman coming to this person who was behind her who she didn't know from anywhere but that became the means of that person's iman so are these people and many many instances of this, this nature inshallah the person had mentioned many inc incidents time is now already up and we'll take time to discuss that incident in detail maybe next week we'll discuss another incident but the message in this is for us for us to reflect on that these people who have come from a completely open and free society complete freedom parents won't ask a thing parents will give you everything you want to do person wants to go and spend half the night out in town and come on their own time go with their own no, no questions asked you do what you want so they had every so called freedom and they threw all that away they flushed it down the drain and they adopted deen and iman wholeheartedly what they, why they did this was it a burden for them if it was a burden they would never have come why did they throw away all their jeans and t-shirts and why did they throw away all the tight fitting clothes why did they throw away all that movies and cinemas and videos and whatever else why did they throw away their music they had it and they had no question no, nobody to answer to in dunya and they had the freedom to go where they want to go do what they want to do nobody is going to ask any question in terms of dunya why did they throw everything away and why are they taking wholeheartedly this deen in that manner that they want to be doing everything correctly properly and they are not feeling embarrassed about anything and they are not feeling any depression about it why that's a question why they had all that so called freedom what unfortunately we think is the good thing and we feel sometimes we are being held back from what is good in life so why are they throwing it away 
because they have seen what is the beauty of deen, the beauty of iman, the beauty of Islam, the beauty of all the amal of deen, and they know what misery that breeds. So now they are appreciating this wholeheartedly. So this is a lesson for us that when we will take deen wholeheartedly, hayatan that promise of Allah Ta'ala we will also receive wholeheartedly and entirely. To the extent we bring iman and strengthen that iman, and to the extent we bring amal saliha, the righteous deeds, then we will find we will enjoy this physical existence also and the real place is Jannat that is where the real enjoyment will come dunya is nevertheless some tests mixed up in this to show how genuine we are but the real place is Akhirat and that is the everlasting abode that is where Allah Ta'ala will grant us the reality but even in dunya we will get that peace and sukoon if we have amal saliha with us so may Allah wa Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq grant us the ability to bring our lives completely onto deen Allah Ta'ala save us from everything that will displease him وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العاز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله